Good evening. It's so good to see you all. It's good to be together. Today is the last Thursday of May 2020. The pandemic disaster continues abating here, spiking there. The economic devastation continues, costing some their pensions, others their livelihoods, their homes, their food. In a recent column in the Sunday Times magazine titled, We Can't Comprehend This Much Sorrow, Teju Cole quotes, The burial at Thebes, Seamus Haney's version of Antigone. Quote, it starts like an undulation underwater, a surge that hauls black sand up off the bottom, then turns itself into a tidal current, end quote. And Cole writes, we can see the tidal current and the wreckage in its wake, but why has it happened? All we know is that different choices would have led to a different outcome." End quote. Why has the coronavirus happened? We know of Choices not made when the first warnings came out about global warming. Climate activists continued to urge us to make changes, however inconvenient. Scientists' forecasts included pandemics. 
but here we are. And as Buddhist practitioners, we know about cause and effect. In the beginning, a subtle undulation underwater. And then a tidal current. And now, more than 100,000 deaths in this country alone. A world on the brink of famine. It's easy to blame others, particularly leaders whose default mode is willful ignorance. We want to say, well, we're not responsible. But if our practice teaches us anything, it is that we are. Because we are not separate. Because every choice, every thought, word, and deed has consequences that affect us all. For example, When we hold on to resentment and anger in our minds, we are creating suffering for ourselves and others beyond the incident that caused those emotions. The incident itself has no fixed unchanging reality. Only the one we ascribe to it because of our clinging and aversion. As Vanke Zenji put it, the traces of everything you've done are spontaneously reflected. It's when you attach to these reflected traces that you produce delusion. So we want to know, how do we free ourselves from these past traces that cause present suffering? 
You may recall case two of the gateless barrier, the Mumonkan. Yakujo and the fox. An old monk would follow, an old man, excuse me, would follow the monks into the Dharma hall when Yakujo was giving Taisho. One day, the old man remained behind and Yakujo asked him, who are you? The old man replied, I am not a human being. In the days of Kashyapa Buddha, I was head monk of a temple on this mountain. One day, a student asked me, does an enlightened person fall under the yoke of causation? I answered, no, an enlightened person does not. Since then, the old man said, I've been doomed to undergo 500 rebirths as a fox. Please give me a turning word to release me from my life as a fox. Tell me, does an enlightened person fall under the oak of causation? Yakujo said, an enlightened person does not ignore causation. Hearing those words, the old man was emancipated. And the next day, his fox body was given a monk's burial. Now, as most of you know, the fox in Asian folklore is considered the epitome of craftiness, duplicity, trickery. Like the coyote trickster in Native American lore, the fox is a shapeshifter. And in this story, has taken the form of an old man. So for that head monk from ancient times to have been doomed to 500 lifetimes as a fox was a severe karmic consequence. You may wonder why such a drastic 
effect. After all, the head monk's answer that an enlightened man does not fall under the yoke of causation seems reasonable. You might say, doesn't enlightenment mean liberation? Doesn't it confer freedom from the endless round of birth and death? After all, Hakuin Zenji in his song of Zazen says, even those who have practiced it for just one sitting will see all their harmful karma erased. But as you know from chanting this, a little further down, Hakuin indicates the radical absolute nature of that one sitting. He says, if we concentrate within and testify to the truth that self nature is no nature, we have really gone beyond foolish talk. And without experiencing that truth, no matter what we say, it's just foolish talk. And we are falling into causation time after time, renewing our lifetimes of harmful karma. Yakjo Zenji at another time was asked by a monk how a person can gain freedom. He replied, if you attain it at this moment, then you've attained it. If you can instantly cut off the emotions of the self, the five desires and winds of attachment, all delusive thoughts, then you'll be like the sun and the moon hanging in space purely shining. When you read a sutra or observe a teaching, the words return to you. You know that all teachings with words are only a reflection of the immediacy of self-nature. 
and are just meant to guide you. One who lets the world be as it is, always acting in countless situations with clear rectitude. This is one who has truly cut off the passions. One who lets the world be as it is. Always acting in countless situations with clear rectitude. This is one who has truly cut off the passions. If we haven't cut off all delusive thoughts, if you're holding on to some idea about enlightenment, it's seen as something out there to be attained. We may come up with an answer, as the head monk did. But theorizing and realizing are quite different. So being doomed to live as a fox for 500 lifetimes was appropriate since the worst crime is to teach false dharma, to lead others astray. What is false dharma? It's anything that doesn't come from one's own experience. Without that experience, one might imagine that enlightenment is a free pass from rules, from forms, from conventional morality. And that past means no one that, no, you're not bound any longer to cause and effect. But you may remember in the Diamond Sutra, which undercuts all conventional thinking, Buddha says, Subhuti, the Tathagata's realization was not by reason of his perfect form. On the other hand, if you think that an enlightened being is one who declares that all manifest standards are extinguished, 
do not be deceived because one who has realized supreme enlightenment does not affirm any formula that advocates the annihilation of anything. Or, as Bob Dylan sang, if you live outside the law, you must be honest. That honesty means first and foremost, cutting through self-deception. And what is the key deception? Seeing self and others as two. Again, in the Diamond Sutra, Buddha said, I remember that long ago, sometime during my past 500 mortal lives, I was an ascetic practicing patience. Even then, I was free from distinctions of separated selfhood. When my body was mutilated, my limbs cut away piece by piece by the Raja of Kalinga. Had I been bound by distinctions of separated individuality, feelings of anger and hatred would certainly have been aroused in me. Sometime during his past 500 mortal lives, not as a fox, but as an ascetic practicing patience. And even then, Shakyamuni Buddha was free from distinctions of separated selfhood. That's what we are doing right here in our lives, right in the midst of something wonderful, something terrible. We practice patience. And the distinctions of a separated individuality fall away. When my body was mutilated, had I been bound, feelings of anger and hatred, that's the yoke of causation right there. to open to our current circumstances and realize 
we are not separate from others. Others' losses, pain, fear, confusion are our own. And that's where freedom lies. Now, it takes many years of dedicated practice and purification. Lifetimes, in fact, to wipe away distinctions of separated selfhood once and for all. But we start where we are. And we find out for ourselves. And even if those moments of clarity of awakening seem very brief, we become them. They deepen. They are not apart from us. They become who we truly are. So even when we feel stuck angry, resentful, scared. We can trust in that inner freedom. So really, this era is the perfect time for practice. Well, of course, every era is. So when that old man begged Yakujo to give him a turning word, what was the release he sought? Well, from 500 lifetimes of being a fox is how he saw it. But Yakutu's words released him from something far more all-encompassing. His ignorance, his self-deceit, And as we all know, the karma of deceit feeds on itself, setting up new and continuing patterns of further deception. An enlightened person does not ignore causation. 
the old man was emancipated. What did he realize? That within karma itself, one is absolutely free. It is not freedom from but freedom within whatever we have identified as our suffering. So I want to ask you, what are you today? Are you a fox? A cat, a doctor, a mother, a musician, a monk, a sick person, an old person. Let's be this. When you don't think things should be otherwise, when you let the world be as it is, when you aren't enslaved by your preferences, then karma itself is enlightenment. Look how temporary, how transient this moment is. It will never come again. Someone who is celebrating his 84th birthday this week told me, it is wondrous how much I appreciate everything when I know it might be for the last time. This will be the last time.